Now the fun begins. Bridget. Stop! You violated the law! What's good and welcome to part two of the first episode of the bonus accessory Game Pass Games Cast. I'm your host Travis White and in part two of our deep dive look at Halo the Master Chief Collection, my co-hosts Mike Peepak, Adam Marsh and I will take a look at the uniqueness of the Halo franchise's narrative, um, you know, the ambiance around it. Uh, and why we have a lot to be excited about moving into Halo Infinite in that regard. It's a conversation that really, you know, pulls on my heartstrings as a longtime fan. So I'm I'm just really excited for everyone to hear this. And hopefully we'll lead to starting a dialogue with you, the viewer, on why you love this series just like we do. Or, you know, hate it. That's cool too, even though you're probably a psychopath for doing that. Wait, what? 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 No, never mind. Anyways... Before we jump in, I do want to let you know that you can now catch the Game Pass Gamescast on Spotify. Yes, we finally got approved to join Spotify with all episodes moving forward being added to the streaming service, including new episodes every Friday. Apple Podcasts will hopefully be included in this preamble next week, fingers crossed, but we are still in the review process on that end. But enough about that, let's jump back into talking about that sweet, nasty Halo. Take it away, Pass Travis. Segway with Journey, you know, and I I think maybe Adam and I will be able to touch on this a little more, or to an and Mike will as well. But I think us being, you know, our gaming interests, I think we love story. Correct me if I'm wrong. You love no matter what a game does, if it if it touches you in a way that not Stranger Danger touches you, you you know what I mean. I got you. I got you. Uh, But in a way that you look at it and you're like, holy shit, that was like this is cinematic or this yeah. is almost you know this is good a good narrative let you me know? let me kick this off by asking you have you seen the terminal uh cutscenes that were added into halo anniversary in mcc they added new i don't actually think i have okay so they added terminals in halo 1 in mcc right i do know that yeah and, and a bunch more scenes were made i think they were um they were sent out to another studio who actually animated them, but I mm-hmm. think three four three was directing. Okay. One of the best ones in there is kind of this first person account of how Keys mm. is infested by the flood uh, over the course of Halo One. And okay, whenever he's like engulfed into yeah yeah yeah, and it's his experience. It's Spoiler from, alert! <laughs> it's, it's from his perspective or of game in two thousand one being infested and having the overmind like prodding through his mind where he really can't do anything about it but you can tell that he's fighting back and putting up as much resistance as he can to protect the military secrets that he knows right yeah and i mean that i and it was it was something that i wasn't prepared for when i watched it i'm like i know halo one there's nothing right left from yeah there. but going back and watching that scene it was the best horror I think I've ever seen in a game that didn't involve like jump scares, jump scares or like just being atmospheric it was and just, creepy. It was just tense. It was almost a level of body horror of like you could really feel that experience of yeah. like having a presence in your mind that wasn't yours. And then you can also relate it to how bad it 
how bad it would be for humanity. If yeah. the grave mind found out all these secrets that yeah. Keys had for humanity yeah. and what their the course big, of action was. The big picture consequences. Like, you knew, like, what... Having played the game, like, you knew what the outcome of the scene was. But they managed to go back and retouch this aspect of the story. And just, they really nailed it with the horror. And that's when I remembered, like, hey, Halo's story is really aging well. And Halo's story has always been pretty good. Right. What do you... Now, now let me open this up to you what do you think overall for let's say you know i I know we're talking mcc but the majority of mcc is the original trilogy um and i think that's what and and like i said before halo force campaign i really loved and you know i know a lot of people didn't beat it or don't have as much you know affinity to four and five's campaign and you can you can talk dirty to me on the internet all you want (laughs) I actually didn't mind Halo 5's campaign. It was nowhere near a good Halo campaign, but it it was okay. I didn't feel like I wasted six, eight hours, whatever it was. Um, or completely wasted, I should say. It had Nathan <laughs> Fillion. It did, and Buck is the fucking man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what to you, or what do you think makes the narrative in Halo, and just Halo from a storytelling, from, a, from the campaign end of it, you know, the story that's being told you, what makes it so compelling compared to, you know, that's made it stand the test of time and age so well? What do you think makes it stand out? I feel like one of Halo's story's great strengths is its ability to tell a large-scale story uh, with just a couple of characters. Yes. There's huge-scale conflicts, entire species at war in space, and you've got this grand space opera going on, but really... The whole fate of the conflict hinges on, on just a, a couple of people, yeah. right? And like Chief, Arby, Cortana, right? Yeah, and the prophets, then the prophets in Halo Two, the Grave Mind, the Grave all Mind. Of these players are just a, a handful of personalities that you get to know, and but they're making they're like puppeteers, right? You know, they're making everything happen, right? But when it all shakes down, like you're saying, it's just those guys, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I, I agree. And on a broader sense or more generalization, the thing that I think, and I was thinking about this, you know, obviously leading into this podcast and whatnot, but just last summer I replayed through MCCs, all the campaigns plus five as well, because I then committed to game pass as well. So I was like, Oh, I have five now. You know what? I'm actually going to go back and beat this. Like, cause I never beat it. But I think the I think the thing that Halo has done so well and does so well, and it's probably too because it was a you know a time period that they can only do so much. Halo is always it's always emphasized the mystique, and it's always it's told a story of so much, like you were saying, but in a sense of so little. Like, okay, so stay with me on this one. Halo One. You're talking what? 2001. This drops. Yeah, you're playing. I mean, release on, you're with playing. The released with the Xbox, the original Xbox. You're playing on a very you know low end PC. Basically, it's it's the first time you can play with your best friend or whoever, your little brother, your big brother right, 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 right. on the console together, playing through a story. Right. Yes. So, but you're playing on hardware that is lower than a PC at that point. Yeah. You're playing on. You know, you can only do so much. Right. What Halo did so well was it always made me feel like I'm seeing such a 
you know, and this is with, you know, bigger franchises and whatnot, but Halo was a new franchise. I saw, I always saw the seeds of bigger things. But they always, it was always like, I'm seeing, I feel like with so much, but there's only, they're only showing me so little. Like, it'll, they touch on, you know, the Forerunners, and they touch on these things, and they touch on all these things. They talk about Reach even back in Halo 1. But it's like, but they did it with so little that it was like, but it was that mystique that like, they don't even like, they don't make it a big deal. They just inside conversation and different things like that, that I know something bigger's out there. You're not showing me that. And back then, being a dumb fucking kid, like, oh, I don't know, this is the hard, you know, this is the best technology out there, blah, 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 you know. They didn't, it was nothing. It was, realistically, it was nothing. Like, the Xbox was powerful. It was, I, it was the most powerful console at that time, I believe. I think so. Um, but, it, it couldn't really do much. I mean, Christ, look at, um, look at Morrowind. The field of vision, you or the fog, you know, yeah. that you could, you could barely see because it couldn't, you know, you couldn't really power they did, that. They did great with the technological limitations. Yes. And to your point about um, Mystique, there's a line I've heard somewhere about world building and storytelling. And I think it's been attributed to J.R.R. Tolkien's work mm-hmm. in, in the Middle Earth sort of legendarium about how anytime you answer a question, you need to ask two or three more. Because if you know everything there is to know about the world, it's not that interesting. Right. But... When you feel that, like, when you feel the pit of your stomach drop out, when you hear someone talking about, like, stuff that happened in the past, and yeah. you're like, oh my god, there's, like, there's, like, centuries of history right. behind these, like, big rings floating in space, and we're just seeing it for the first time, and, like, we're the first people to lay eyes on it in hundreds of years. Right. I mean, even, like, you're saying, that the mission right after the opening, you know, opening mission you play you drop onto the halo ring and ce like and you're going through there you're like i could tell this is something like this is what i'm on is so modern but so old at the same time right it's huge and it's empty right you're like nobody is here what the fuck is going on like it's off like but it's that mystique that like and and i think that's what the big thing with soured people with halo at least me personally with its narrative moving forward um and i think what has made infinite so much more appealing from my end of somebody who still like my fucking beat halo 3 last summer again you know watered up a little bit when you see the you know you know you have um you have what's his name saying to the arbiter at the end you know like i can't believe he you know died i can't believe he didn't make it and arbiter said were it so easy and you see you know 117 on there sc- scratched in and you're like holy fuck like, like, it showed so little but told so much more. right but, and then and then cortana's like the flood uh the the brutes you did it you did it like you always do and then she's like it's finished and he's like it's finished and you know what i mean and he puts his assault rifle back up in the wall right she's like well well i'm gonna make a beacon um you know it, it'll be years before anybody finds us what are you gonna do and he just says wake me when you need me and right. gets in the cryo yeah. chamber and you're like, and you're like holy wow. shit and then and then another part <clears throat> to let build me on let the... me just finish oh, with this thread before i forget it <laughs> more or less um but the thing that i think that that really soured me with halo moving into four um because i thought three did or uh, odst did exactly what they need to do with 
they gave you they they told us cool like almost noir esque like it was detective. absolutely a noir story yeah it was very detective it was very like mystery based down to the instrumentation of the Liter- saxophone <laughs> yeah literally but it was very it was very you gave me more of what I already love. Right. The mechanics, everything, you gave me more of what I love, and I'm good with that. And it built into the original trilogy story. It was great. It was. It's actually one of my top three Halo experiences, I think, personally, and maybe even up there top. But the thing with 4 was that as we're entering, I still think it's the most beautiful, graphically, Xbox 360 game. For sure, yeah. Um, what they were able to pull off on that system late-gen with that technology and not just it canning, almost felt it, like, canning it for a year. And, it almost felt like it should have been an Xbox One game. Right. It was very much... What they were able to do with that technology right. was great. Um, and that shows you the Maybe power. it should have been an Xbox right. One Right. And that game. shows you the power of, you know, what devs can get out of technology after... In-house, especially with being a first-party studio with yep. Microsoft. What they can get out of working solely on that technology for X amount of years. Um but what they were, at the same time, it treaded away from that mystique. Halo was, it was based in military. It was based in, you know, you felt, you know, a military vibe. But it was always a sci-fi story. It started going, but it had military roots to it. It started going more realistic. It moved from that mystique to, well, no, here it is. Like, here's here's all these, you see all the troops at the beginning of Halo 4. Here's all that we could show you all this now, and it it just it it didn't make as much of an impact, right? Like it just there wasn't this build up, there wasn't this suspense, this, there wasn't this mystery, there wasn't this investment that you had to have in the story because well, well here it, it is. It was well, more it was more right to Master Chief, right? You're this right. one guy, and yes, you're yes. saving the universe three times over. Yeah. And in Halo Four, they're showing you everything else, and you're like, wow, am I so powerful that? Or am I not that powerful? Right, right. Yeah. Now it's like, well, there's like so many of me. You know? Yeah. And it's good. Like I like that they wanted to like, hey, let's flesh this character out because it, you know, John One One Seven's character is very much, a, you know, it's a very interesting character. It's Absolutely. a character that like they did like it I said, right. It was a mystique. Like every time that he takes the helmet off, you just don't see his fucking face, and you're like, god damn it! I especially love the video where somebody clips out. And watches Halo One when he takes it off, but he just takes off the helmet. And there's another helmet underneath. <laughs> like, you know, you're just like, God damn it! Like, you know, and and even spoilers for four. At the end, they show his eyes, which, you know, that kind of even plays into it. It's like Chief was always a superhero, right? And he was, and that's they took that away. And I like, I like that you're like, they, okay, I want to show the human elements, and we want to build this narrative, but at the same time. It's built on mystique, and nothing's yeah. more mystique than somebody who's a superhuman. And I, is a very much like, it, this is a badass he motherfucker. Wasn't even, he wasn't even originally conceived to be human, I don't know. No, no. Right. the early demo trailers where, like, <laughs> I think it was at, like, Macworld or yes, something back yes. when Halo was going to be a, an Apple product. Right. He had, like, a digitized voice. Yeah. yeah. And, and in Halo 1, you can tell he's not really meant to be a character unto himself. He kind of replies with gruff one-liners, and he's a very stoic, quiet guy. Yes. He's meant to be a suit for the player to step into. Right. right. He he is the... How do I want to put it? He is what gets... He's the vessel for the character that gets you from point A to point B that you are... Basically, you're, you're just... He's just a suit. 
Yeah, and, and if he says anything, he should be saying what you're already thinking. Right. Very and, much and, so. and he's kind of like an onion. Every single game kind of peels back a layer to something a little right. different that you weren't expecting. Right. But to, to build on this talk we're having, we're going to stay kind of in the same thread. I just kind of want to ask you guys your opinion. The, like, Halo 4, I never beat it on anything other than Legendary, so mm-hmm. bear with me here if I ask this question. Um, and we can break this off and put it into, like, an uh, uncut you know, episode or whatever we're going to do here. We're, we're just flying by the seat of our pants this here. Is, this is very much, this is why I wanted to make this first episode. There's no time cap on this Yeah, one, well, really. I mean, we're just We're, we're just, just talking. viewing because this is such an episode, uh, uh, subject matter. There's so, so much to talk about. This is very much at the forefront and the foundation of our gaming history. Absolutely. So, n- more episodes are, not, are probably not going to go this deep or this long. Like, well, sure, right. But anyways, go ahead. But, but when you're talking about four games over... 10 years right. or 15 And especially years, in a package a of MCC, it is four, it's four games you're getting. Right. Actually, technically, it's going to be six soon. Yeah, so... But the un... The unforeseen... I never beat Halo 4 on anything other than Legendary, so right. I don't know if the scene with Cortana happens on lower difficulties or not. Whenever you blow up Didact, and Cortana, like, kind of saves you... Yeah, and it does. it happens on other things. The only so, thing like, that doesn't show... In other ones, is the legendary ending is whenever he goes. Is he on the on the on the ship talking to? Uh, yeah, all of that's there. It's at the end whenever he goes and takes his armor off and zooms in on his eyes. That's the legendary. I'm almost positive that's the okay. only thing. If you beat that on normal, hard, whatever, or heroic, you know you don't see that. It's legendary that he right. goes and it shows his eyes. For for as for as much as you hit on Halo Four for kind of making you feel like you're not as powerful as you are. I kind of want to counter because I agree with you. There are times in Halo 4 where you kind of, you're like, okay, I'm chief, but these four runners are pretty badass and and I'm in trouble basically. Right. Yeah. Well, in Halo 4, the ending with Cortana and like that touching scene, which I want to get into, I want to just go off onto a little bit more into the story and talk about, we'll talk about how unforeseen the love relationship between those two were built because in halo one the first kind of snarky thing that she says is huh your architecture is pretty similar to the fillers and he's like don't get any ideas yeah you know what i mean so like they just start off like like they're getting along so well and as the as the games progress you can obviously tell cortana's infatuated with chief because no matter what happens chief's always pulling through whatever it is chief always makes it you happen tend to, right? you tend to you tend to put your trust in something right like that. Yeah. and then chief Naturally. is trusting with cortana in the same way because cortana has do- cortana has done things with the computers and stuff that he would have never been able to do and guess what chief wouldn't have been able to achieve all these things without having cortana there to, to do some of this stuff yeah but with halo 4 the ending you know cortana's like um you know cortana they have that touching scene that still makes me cry to this day. And then in Halo uh, Infinite, when you hear her voice at the end, and she's like, I knew I picked you for a reason. Right. Like, that made me cry because it's just like, there's so much in so many years of history. But then he's walking on that ship in the legendary ending, and all the everyone stops. Right. Yeah. And they're like, holy fuck. Yeah. That's Master Chief. Right, yeah. And everyone stops. And it's that, at that moment where 343 is kind of... They're not killing off Chief because Halo 5, they went a totally different direction, which was their right. creative freedoms. But in Halo 4, you kind of felt like, oh my god, like is this like the end of Chief being this character? Right. So, I mean, opening it back up to you guys, um, with Chief, you can touch on what I talked about with the Halo 4 ending and, and just 
the arc from one to four yeah. and also about the Cortana thing, because I think that it's a lot of, it was kind of insidious how it happened because it was just something that wasn't in your face because there's an AI chip in your head talking to you yeah. and there's you. How can these two characters kind of, you know, fall in love and have this little bit of a love interest thing going on. So it was definitely like unseen for most people, but I mean, yeah. you could tell, but it wasn't something that was in your face. Like, there's other games that come to mind where there's love and right. obvious oh, yeah. love interest, like you know Dom and Maria and Gears of War, oh, which we'll talk about next, on the next, episode. Yeah, be the next episode. But but yeah, I mean, go go ahead. What you, what you think about that? I mean, I think um, in in terms of Halo One, where they didn't have their backstory of like how Chief was trained to be a Spartan and how Cortana picked him to be her partner, like you didn't know any of that going into Halo. Right, 1. like I said, because it's just like Keys is just like. All right, Cortana, go with the Master Chief. He's got to right. keep you safe. And she just kind of jokes about taking him over, right? right? So, like, at that time, there's not a whole lot of backstory right. about what's going on. But so. you immediately get the idea that they have some rapport. At right. Least, e- even if they didn't have history before that, they immediately establish rapport between these two characters. Yeah. And like, then, sense of humor between the two of them. And throughout the rest of the game, they rely on each other. Like, Cortana can't really accomplish much on her own, but... She has incredible intelligence capabilities of, like, taking the larger situation at hand mm-hmm. and distilling it down to Chief so that he can take action. Um, and I think that's really where their relationship springs from. It's like when you have this voice in your head, someone, this presence that's always with you, and you rely on them in a practical way, like, what else can you do? Like they're just a fixture in your life Mm -hmm. i think that's one aspect of the characterization of chief that works even if he's not a well fleshed out character like at least you understand him in the context of his relationship to cortana whereas she has more personality she's more quippy snarky like she's a fun ai companion yeah Um, and and in halo 4 master chief up until this point into the end of halo 4 he's really you know He's he's sitting on the ship, you know, talking to the commander, and the commander says it's kind of weird for you to call me that because you know Master Chief doesn't rank that high in the military, but he's the super soldier that just keeps he, saving everybody. He's the most powerful man in the military, basically, without right? saying. But but he still has to follow commands, right? right. And you know, Chief goes on the tangent of you know, and that even kind of goes back to the Infinite trailer that yeah. we just saw a couple weeks ago, where the guy gets so excited where, when Chief and, powers and, and up, and instantly Chief is like status report, yeah, where. Uh, a status report. There's like. not a whole lot of humanity with Chief, right. but in Halo Four, you can see it with with his interaction with Cortana. You know when he's like, "Okay, well, how do we you get do out of see here?" That bleed a and bit. she's like, "We're not going home, John. I only saved enough to save you." And he's like, "No, that's not how this works. We go together." Yeah. And you kind of see this thing where you finally see a human side of Chief, and then. All the things with Cortana goes, and he gets rescued, and he's on the ship talking to the commander. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, our duty as soldiers is to protect humanity. And then the the commander says, well, you say that like we're not the same thing. Like, we're not all humans, you know what I mean? And I think that Chief in Halo 5, they finally kind of show a human side when he's just chasing Cortana all over the universe, right? Right, yeah. But, I mean, Travis, uh, like, what is your take on all that? I mean, I think... I agree. Like I, it's nice to see, it's nice to see Chief end up being having these multi threads and having more than just a, 
Oh, I'm here to save the world, and I'm saving this, and blah, blah, blah. Like, a robot. And has that raspy voice, and just like, right. oh, I'm, I'm Master support. Chief. Yeah. And, like, because that does, at the same time, that does get old. I need a weapon. Yeah. Right, yeah. I need a weapon. Like, it, it does get, you know, okay, right this broken way. record. <laughs> you know, broken record. I, I get that. But, I'm, and that's maybe just me being a, I like, I'm, I'm more of that person who less sometimes is more. Like, and I, and I said that before, but, like, sometimes my stories, I like being told, you, sometimes you don't need to say anything. Right. Sometimes you don't need, I like, that's why I, I, like you said, even with that, even with what you were saying with the end of Halo 4, was so little, he still told so much, like, you still saw those things that, and I, I personally, I really liked Halo 4 story. Right, I did And I too. think a lot of people, that was the one saving grace of Halo 4 that the story was fucking good. Absolutely. You know, in Halo 5, I think a lot of people would like it more if they didn't taint it with going a whole different direction than what was... I mean, the marketing just was completely wrong. It was who's hunting who and who's the who's in the right, who's in the wrong and this and that. And it, this is Master Chief's story and you have to un- uncover the truth about Master Chief. And we'll get into that in a Halo 5 Yeah, that podcast. completely... By the way, that's the only campaign of Halo I've never played. Right. It completely turned me off right, yeah. to the experience. And, and I went in at such a low... Because when I... I was like you. With Halo 5, once it dropped, I only really played multiplayer. I played like a one mission of 5... Or at the beginning of 5. But outside of that, like I was like, you know... Uh, I'm playing just multiplayer. Fuck it. Like, but going back and having such low expectations, Five's campaign really, I was like, this isn't bad. Like, right. if this is how you would have presented it at the beginning, I think a lot more people would have liked it. But it also wasn't as much of a strong story as well. Like, the story of what they were telling didn't have as much emotional impact that was told. Um, but I think overall, like me just personally, and it, that just might be my thing that sometimes... I like whenever people tell me less with more or more straightforward sure. stuff at times. But at the same time, I I gotta appreciate, like you're saying, in four, you see this human element of Chief that just bleeds in because he is from almost birth. He was chosen because he fit these criteria and he had these almost killer instincts. Yeah. Of, but he was less human than everyone else. All these kids who were born into the Spartan program, but at the same time was very you could see, like, he is a human. He doesn't want to believe it, but he is a human. Like, in Halo 3 at the end, like I said, with him, you know, racking the beat, or racking the assault rifle and going into the cryo chamber, he kind of knew Cortana was going to be there at the end. So there wasn't much humanity that came out of Chief at that point in time. He's just your super soldier, run of the mill. He doesn't really have any connections. Yeah. Then in Halo 4, he finally realizes, I'm going to lose Cortana. But even for, and I, I think the big thing with Chief was, even for a man, and, and this is why... I think the they tried telling the story in five with him and Locke, and Locke would take off his helmet, and you know that was something Chief never did. Like, right? They were very much oil and water. They didn't mesh well. Yeah. If you had a face with Chief, that'd be different. But even for somebody without a face, Chief is so like he. You could still tell. You can. He expresses so much. He's expressing so much, which is so little. You could tell, like. With how the writing with is around everybody else and how their dialogue is and how he feeds off of that with his maybe one line expressions or, or his, dialogue. His or, dialogue basically tell, shows his sometimes personality. You could tell, like, like you were saying at the end of four, you know, that that's not how this is. Yeah, like he, he's befuddled and like 
you get so much out of that because of the people around him, but he does so much with just by himself. Yeah. It's like, you can tell when Chief's panicked because there's a lot more dialogue between his him and Cortana. Yeah. You can tell when he's not upset at all because he hits his quippy one liners. He doesn't really care. Right. You can tell when you can tell when he's Chief's stoic, feelings. There's something you can tell Chief's yeah. feelings all just based on dialogue. Right. Where if you go to another series that we're going to cover, like Gears of War with Marcus and Dom, they all have facial expressions. Right. Their stories are a lot more like they're animated. They're, they're... There's a lot more stuff going on there, and, and we'll cover that in length. And this is a situation where I think you could cover each Halo game. We could do an hour. For each Halo game, or more for each Halo game, and just uncover all this stuff. Yeah. It's a lot to ask three guys who've put as much time into Halo to break it down in the time format that we've tried to do. Right. And you know, as as a as a person, I can tell we tried not. We didn't really want to ramble, but but we rambled. And we rambled, is, you know, but 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 it's in, in all it, podcasts. It's hard. Like this, but, it's hard. But this is very much a series that we're very passionate. About. Absolutely. I mean, all of us have a a passion for this series that we want to see do well. And I think that's why I'm so excited for infinite because that's pulling on a lot of narrative threads alone that I feel and a lot of aesthetic choices that they're going with, like the black under armor suit, like the things that just, that give me those vibes to that time that I was like, God damn. Like I look back and I'm like, this story is so impactful. Yeah. This time playing this game is so impactful and it's pulling on those heartstrings, but alone from a narrative standpoint, what they're giving with Infinite does give me those vibes of mystique. Like, what we're shown, we're not shown, like, leading into Halo 4, we're not shown every single particle of the ship torn apart, and all the armies, and this and that, and all the military, and this. Like, you don't see that. What you're shown in 4, like, okay, last year's E3 trailer, where we're like, is this Halo? Is this it? No, I don't know. Those are Marines. This is yeah. Halo. Holy shit, that's Master Chief. Like, what they were showing, it was a lot, but it wasn't, it was almost like a minimalistic take on it. Actually, it absolutely. Like, it was... And that's been the key for all their games. Right. Every time they've ever released a game, Every it's been minimal. Every time they've released... A good Halo. A good Halo. <laughs> Me, personally, You can least, say it. You can say it. A good Halo, it's... They've shown more with less. And granted, technology at the time and yada yada. But, my point being, they're doing that with Infinite. And people are fucking loving. They're like, most people, 99% of people, but especially traditional Halo fans from the vibe they're getting, like, yes, yet, yeah, holy shit, people are listening to us. Yeah. Like, it's, and that's what you see with, like, okay, they start out, you look in the, you look around the ship when they start the E3 trailer, you know, a couple weeks ago, and you're seeing intricate, you're seeing details because, it's beautiful 4K that they're putting out, 4K 60 that they're putting out. There's fucking ray tracing in this video. Like, from a visual element of the fidelity, it's great. But the artistic choices that they're choosing, the art style that they're choosing, it's still this, there's a lot of matte colors. There's a lot of things that, like, you don't need to show, you don't need to show the detail, the gritty, like, Call of Duty, like, that's not what Halo is. Right. Halo's a sci-fi story. Halo is a sci-fi, yeah, you know, has some military roots. And some never, realisticness, but it's it's, but it's minuscule. Sci-fi, but yeah. you're talking it's about... It's all in service of the space opera. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like, when, when, when the Covenant yes. comes to Earth in Halo 2, right, that's about as close as to realism as you can get. Right. But they're in places called, like, New Mombasa, because it's futuristic. So they're in places that don't exist. Right. Now, they're on Earth... 
but it's still sci-fi because they put it in these in these places that just don't really exist. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to relate on like New Mombasa. I would guess that'd be somewhere in Africa. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like, it's but not. It's like a hyper dense. It's not urban. Johannesburg, South Africa. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. So, but you know, just to kind of work towards putting a bow on this is as hard as it is because I'm I'm having so much fun talking about yeah. this. I think I think Travis and Adam can kind of feel the same way that I mean we could just I like this podcast could go for five more hours yeah. and I don't think I, any of us would get tired no, of it. No, no. But um, you know, just to kind of continue on, the next kind of thing we had on the docket was to talk about what we thought Infinite was gonna what game Infinite was gonna take after. Mm-hmm. And based on what we saw from E three and based on what I've seen from three four three thus far. I think they're going to find a way to put their own spin on the entire universe, which they already have with Halo 4 and Halo 5. So I think I don't think they're going to go back towards a cla- like it's not going to be like Halo 3 cloned or Halo 2 cloned. No, I don't think, but I think they're going to I think they're going to respect that. Not respect, but they're going to show they're going to how do I want to say this? They're going to they're going to they're going to bring those past ties and at least make it known that we haven't forgot about this. Well, right. I'm not looking... like Halo 4 and Halo 5 where it's like, you know, okay, yeah, like, we know in Halo 1 and Halo 2 and Halo 3, yeah, the chief upgraded his armor. The fuck is this guy wearing now? Yeah. Like, not that that necessarily matters because, like I said, story was still good. Right. Story was great. But the vibe that it gave, like, what you're seeing, it, it wasn't believable necessarily right. because... Then at the same time, yeah, Chief's asleep or whatever, and, you know, the secret ending in 3, what they gave, like, oh, you're coming up on that Forerunner ship that, you know, you wake up to on 4, well, then how did Chief get his armor? You know, it's just not, there's no connection where you feel very disconnected right from the get-go from 3 to 4. Yeah. And you very much can tell 4 is 343, 3 is Bungie. Like, this is, there's no mistaking it. They're very different They might games. have... I feel like they might have actually did that to a fault, if that's what you're getting at. Yes. No, like, that's what I'm saying. What's, the, this... what's the use? I get you want your creative freedoms, but going back to your melee combat with competitive, if it ain't but broke... But you have a decade worth of... If it ain't broke, why fix it? Right. Like, there's no need to fix it. But you have a decade's worth... Right. And you have a decade's worth of, you know, content and, you know, built up on this game that it feels like it's not even necessary like you no, didn't even like, have to play the older games no you did not have to play the older games which is a shame which is crazy to think like you could have played that and been like oh i'm just taking over this guy who was lost in space and now he found this mysterious thing like you didn't need it it, it was very much a chop yeah here you go like you take you know at the time now right now five games after three chop you take these two there's these three do you want to play this cool you don't need to our games are this where now infinite very much feels like, from what I'm seeing, okay, this is Halo. Yeah. Like, this is, like, I'm like, holy shit, like... You get chills like, when you're seeing when when I think about the... that, like, when I see, when it finally pans out, like, that first trailer they released, and it fucking pans over the hill, and it pans the chief holding that helmet, and I'm like, whole like, this is Halo. Yeah. We're on a Halo ring again. We are, we are balls deep in the Halo store with, you know, I'm getting vibes of... Who the hell knows? Maybe the flood survived. Like yeah. maybe something like the traditional Halo story of I'm personally I just don't care about the Forerunners. Right. Neither do I. But and I don't I think they're they'll obviously still be touched in 
infinite because that is such a deep-rooted thing. But it's one of those things that they were talked about for so long, this Forerunner technology and the Forerunners themselves, that it was that mystique that, like, we probably will never see them because it's an ancient technology. And this and that, that, like, yeah, we may never see it. But they're there. Mm -hmm. We know about them. But it's like, I don't know, maybe one day or whatever. But now we see them and it's like, Nobody really wanted that, and it's too far removed from the past. Nothing that they could have actually shown the Forerunners or the Prometheans being could be as good as we imagined. Exactly, yes. Yeah, because they, they talked it up so much. Better to not even show. Just show Once us... again, more with less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think their visual design is a little too noisy. And in, yes, in, general, yes. in Halo That's 5, that was trying. part of the problem with playing it competitively. Their maps are so vivid and beautiful, yeah. it's like hard to pick Everything out the enemies sometimes. Gloss! Gloss! No matte! Glossy! Yeah. Everything's shiny! Yeah. Like, if you look at, um... If you look at... Do you remember the underground section near the beginning of the Warthog Drive? In, From in 3? the second mission of Halo 1. Yes. When you first go underground, yeah, you have to yeah, activate yeah. the light. Yeah, and yeah. it's all dark and like... They ruined the art direction of that area because they lit the whole thing up. It was supposed to be this very dark... You can't see the walls even. But you shouldn't have been able to because guess what? Then your enemies are coming out of these shadows and your th first thought, which is like pays homage, like my thought of it, even though this game uh, predates Gears of War, uh -huh. You're when you're playing Gears of War, you're thinking like, holy fuck, how many people are... How many people do I have to fight in this in this part? Yeah, yeah. You know, every time you saw a trailer for Gears, it's like there's this unsurmountable amount of enemies that you will never be able to beat. Where if they use utilize that in Halo, like you said, there'd be grunts and elites coming out of the darkness, and you're like, holy shit! How many how many people do I have to fight here? <laughs> yeah, but so, but like as as you were saying, um, the Prometheans and their their visual design is noisy. They're just not that interesting. Yeah, and like I would rather go back. To and that. I know you guys didn't play five, but like the warden to me that you kept facing, like it, I, I hope the, you. To be honest, I hope you guys do go play five. Like if you have a, you know, I have it bought. Right. So I if bought you have it. a now that it's you know Game Pass is coming to PC and eventually five is going to come to PC in some form. Or Adam, you get you know back on since you're going to be doing a lot of you know, our coverage with, and the podcast with Game Pass on PC probably primarily, yeah. at least starting out, you know, I think 5 is worth going and playing through, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I'll get, you know, destroyed on the internet for saying that, but take away the marketing, take away everything, just take it for what it is, a 6 to 8 hour, if you got a Sunday and you don't have anything to do, or a weekend, or, you know, whatever, and you just feel like running through on easy just to get the story. Or hell, yeah. even if you look up on YouTube and watch the, like... The hour-long cinematic, uh, which yeah, is what exactly, I did. <laughs> exactly. And you find out what the story is. It's a decent story. The ending is kind of like, huh? Like, it, it is what it is, but, like, what the... the Everyone surrounding Cortana just wasn't that interesting. Mm -hmm. And, like you said, everything's just noisy. It's yeah. like, there's too much, like... I, maybe I'm maybe I'm an old fogey at 26 now, yeah. but like I'm like, why is everything so bright? I thought there were too many characters. Why in are there four and five? Why are there so many light sources when they're on like the moon and there's no light? Like, yeah. why are there so many light sources? I don't get that. Like, how? Like the aesthetic. Like, why are they in space and there's no sun? Why are there so many light sources? Why is light reflecting? It's it, not ray tracing. Like ray tracing, where it's like legitimate lighting. Like my thing about it is like, for me. If they can just, like, they're doing all the right things. We, we covered this. Yeah. 
if they want to if they want to really push the forerunner battle with chief versus the forerunners trying to find cortana okay i can buy it but you got to bring like the arbiter back like chief has to like and reach out to in, the arbiter spoiler alert he was in five yeah he was a very big emphasis in five at one but, point. but you got to bring arbity arbiter arby you got to have him like yeah. helping chief find cortana yeah. because arbiter you know him and chief well, they weren't exactly friends per se. They, they were certainly allies. They both wanted what's best for their races in the galaxy. In the galaxy, and they were reasonable overall. enough. And they're reasonable enough not to be like humans should trump the covenant or the covenant should trump. We can, they it was like we could both survive. We both realized we could live within balance. Yeah. We may not like each other, but we both can live in balance. Caught, yeah. They had two common enemies, like. Right. The Arbiter realized that the... The Prophets were lying. Right. And, and, and obviously the Grave Mind. And the Brutes yeah. were like, and that was gonna pull the quick right. one right. on the... Yeah. That was an interesting conflict. It was like, you had it set up where it was, okay... Humans, it was a political conflict that was built in religion that, like, are two things you probably should never talk about with people, but it told such an interesting story of, okay, this is a different setting that we're in that, like, we've never seen this kind of, like, in this space opera of, you know... Yeah, with Star Wars, you saw, you know, you saw politics with it. But it was mostly a very good guy versus bad guy. I I fight you now. Like, it's Star Wars was awesome, don't get me wrong. But, like, Halo was touching on some deep-seated, like, religious things and different things like that that, like, you know, they called Chief the demon. They called Mm -hmm. him demon. They never called him Chief. They never called him, they said demon. Like, because that's what they viewed, like, it was a religious thing because of the because of the yeah. the prophets and you know and the indoctrination of the whole covenant and like their their kind of like imperialist domination of every every member race yeah their whole mission was a lie and they were yeah. able but somehow they were able to delude all of these different races into pursuing goals that were ultimately self destructive and by the time the truth gets out it's like okay, the prophets know that the rings are just going to destroy everybody, mm-hmm. but they can't undermine their own authority by admitting that wrong. Yeah, they the, the ship had sailed. Right. Yeah. They pretty much just had to go down with it because they knew. Yeah. Like, what, what's the other option? They we were, admit, guys, we fucked up. They're still going to die. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what's the off chance that we're wrong? Or that, you know, the, the rings really aren't for that. And it was know? a conflict that arose organically out of the very simple setup that began in Halo 1, you had, like, the first couple missions until the Flutter introduced, it's a very simple one-on-one conflict. It's this human race versus these aliens. And we don't know, like, what the aliens really want or why they're here. We learn that over time. And then you introduce this third character, the Flood, which I would love to see come back in future titles. Oh my titles god, yeah. Because they played this is so interesting. And then with the Flood as a common enemy... Some, you know, in Halo 2, you saw the Covenant and some humans working together, but also the Covenant kind of self-destructing. Yeah. Um, and that continued in through Halo 3. The Brutes took over the position mm-hmm. of, as, like, the main guard. Yeah. Um, kind of like the bread and butter units. But the Elites broke off into their own. I don't really know what the deal was with the Covenant in Halo 4. Were they, like... Um, they, were they like a splinter faction that were yeah. still faithful to the prophets? No, they they kind of went off and do, did their. They own. just kind of like they were like just kind of pulled a Switzerland with themselves. Like, yeah, they, they just pulled a just... Switzerland and were just like, 
Yeah. Yeah, it really, because in five, they touch, four, they don't really touch on him no. at all. Like, they are. Arby's, the, like, not really at there. At the beginning, there's Covenant that do, like, appear, and they kind of touch on that, but then Aren't it's. Aren't they serving the didact in four? Yeah. There's, there's a few, there's like, a, religious, like, some of that religious it's very bullshit. Much, they are very, very much the backseat. Yeah. It is very, like, they're scattered. Yeah. yeah. Whereas. Like, some of those clans that just, like, were left over on these places that, like. I right. guess it makes sense. Like they we're were in five to worshiping the forerunners. Yeah, where in five you take you go and you're you know actually find the arbiter and you see a you know you see a, the covenant or you know what these covenant are or how they want to be referred to within all of this. You see them actually living as they probably do in a normal society within themselves, and they are religious, but they aren't they aren't these crazy bastards that you see in you know two and that you can yeah. that you kind of can see they're not radical they're not crusaders right. right they're not this radical crusaders that you see like almost parallel to like something like isis or you know the taliban or something like that that you see in the original trilogy where now they're you know what most people would look at as you know traditional islamic or muslim you know faith of oh they're just kind of doing their own thing you know what i mean like it, it's very much you know, you could see parallels with that a little bit, or at least, it's, you know, what is viewed in our society, I guess, if you want to say, or the, you know, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of put a bow on this episode, um, or at least let's kind of, uh, we'll head into the end here, the well, finish line. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Halo is something that we might cover, like, one game at a time in oh, future, yeah. depending it, on it, how this yeah. one goes. Definitely, I want to do, like I said, I want to do one on five. We're going to do that eventually. Um, sure. And then we could even do one on Halo 1, one on Halo 2, one on Halo 3. One, right, you know yeah. what I mean? And it, there's so much content there. Right. And, and the game path, being, this being the first episode um, and being under, you know, the bonus accessory kind of network, if you want to call it, or IP um, entity, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're going to have, you know, the plan is to eventually have different shows where we touch on different, you know, I want to do a Nintendo show. I want to do a PlayStation show. I want to do a PC show. I want to do, you know, deep dives, kind of like what we did today, but this gives you kind of an overall view of what we think we're going to talk about. But with Game Pass, you know, we can do that because technically these games are all on there. They are, they're in this one package, but from an overview of this, we're going to go into our last segment called just because I couldn't fucking think of one last the last part of it cash it pass it or acid so stick with me <laughs> got three categories yep. of what I want you to pick with this game cash it you go out you spend your hard earned money you go pay the $30 for MCC the disc or the download or whatever boom you fucking own it forever pass it where you use game pass it's with including your $10 a month or you know, if you lock out on Black Friday, you get a $60 for a year discount or whatever like that. You have it on your, you know, it's included with your service. You download it. After, yeah, uh, you can't your service. Okay, I don't have it. Ah, okay, whatever. But it's worth, you know, buying it then. Or asset. Fuck this game. Don't buy it. <laughs> like, don't spend your money on this. Um, what do you guys think, Adam? I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Cash it, pass it, asset. I think MCC is probably something you want to either cash or pass. Um, you definitely think you should have this installed on your console. You should have MCC. If you own an Xbox One, you should have this installed on your console. Absolutely. Okay. And it's going to be down to you to decide. I don't want to split the hair over. It's definitely worth 
buying retail Owning outright. versus pass. Almost like almost like with a movie. Oh, I want to buy this movie. Oh, you know what? Or like, should you buy this movie? Should you rent it or should you just pass on it? Yeah. Like that type of deal. I guess if you want to look at it. Okay. Um, I gotta I gotta punt it over to Mike. You're punting I don't think it. I can split the hair you punted it. Pass. You punted it. Gut feeling. Gut. 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 What do you gut. say? I think pass. Pass it. I think pass it's something it. you should game pass. Okay, so if you have game pass, it's definitely worth picking up if you have game pass. Yeah. Like if you were subscribed to the service and say you have it for a year, it's definitely definitely worth having installed on your Xbox as one of your game pass games. Okay. Cool. Mike, what do you think? Uh, this one is tricky. If you asked me before the big update, obviously I'm saying asset. Um, even with the campaigns. Even the, with the campaigns. That's where I start to get into trouble because I feel like the campaigns... L- l- something we didn't talk about <laughs> during this whole episode, which is like a miracle. If you sit down and try to play through Legendary by yourself or with a c- companion, you're looking at like at least an hour per mission because it's, you're going to die times and things like that are going to happen. So you're talking about... One hour per mission, and there are so many missions in, in these four games that you're getting so much content. For me, for $30, it's it's a buy. I mean, you just got to cash it because it's yeah. just – there's so much there. And I can understand the sentiment of wanting to pass it. But regardless of whether you pass it or cash it, it should be on your hard drive. Um, it's a big-ass game, so I can understand if you pass it, deleting it. To me, it's a cash. There's so much campaign. There's so much multiplayer to offer in the social realm too. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. when I get onto social and play in social, I'm by far normally one of the best players in the game because I'm a competitive player. So there's plenty of like newer player base out there that are out there in social oh, games that are, are welcoming. Game. You find games. Yeah. Like, now that it's on Game Pass, you find. To games. me, to me, it's a cash. Um, I'm kind of biased. This one's kind of tough for me. Right, but, right. But I'm saying this is a cash. Travis, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm going with cash. It, it, yeah. Right now, if you're buying an Xbox One, you're committed to the Xbox brand. I, I, I love video games like all of you guys. One, It's my favorite way to... It's my favorite entertainment outlet or medium. Like, that's what I like doing. I don't, I'll watch movies. I'm not a TV binger. If I'm watching TV, I'd rather play video. Like, so I own all the consoles right now, but I started this generation with Xbox because I loved Xbox, but they had no games. Went to PS4 because they had a ton of games and a ton of great games, um, because that also fit my playstyle. but nothing replaces Halo. Halo made me come back to an Xbox because they were getting all this. Plus with Game Pass, it's, it's inspired us to make this kind of the, at least on my end, the top priority of a podcast I want to get out there because this value that you have is ridiculous for 10 bucks a month. Like, and you have access to over a hundred games and all Xbox one exclusives drop on there day one. Like that's a no brainer for 120 bucks a month. You're spending two game, you know, two triple a size games you're buying. That's crazy. Anyways, though, that being said, like this game, Xbox right now, if you're buying, if you own an Xbox one, or an Xbox One S, S, whatever you have, you're buying it because you're committed to an Xbox brand. And you're committed, you probably have Game Pass. Like, you're committed to that brand. Because Xbox has always admitted, like, Phil Spencer has always come out and said, hey, we lost, we, we've lost this generation. It's done. Like, let's build some, let's build the foundation. Let's scrap everything. Let's build the foundation moving into the next generation. That's why you see with Game Pass. That's why you see with Xbox One X being the most powerful console. Like, 
you're owning an Xbox because you love Xbox right now. It's not like PS4 or even Switch where it's like, I'm owning this because there's a lot of great games out there. I just want a game and whatever has the best games on there, I want to get this. If you have an Xbox One, it's because you love Xbox. Like, that's just what it is because there's not a lot of exclusives. That being said, this is a cash. If you have an Xbox One, you have to own this game because it's the best exclusive, personally, that I think they have this generation. From just a value standpoint. And it's from the older generation. It's from the older generation. It's, it's, the improvements they've made to it, the campaigns alone are fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, the update put, to 60 frames and 1080p right, on the Halo just, 3. This just, this I mean, it's caused here. this issues competitively with Ghost Melees, Bloodshots on LAN. It's caused some issues making the Switch. Right. But, absolutely, this is a cash. This is, to me, this is, if you own an Xbox One, this is a just a must-have because I mean there are there are tons. But of- this isn't a buy an Xbox One to have. No, I I probably wouldn't buy an Xbox One to have unless you're a psychopath like me who wanted to play fucking Halo again <laughs> um, and couldn't wait for it to come out on PC. Granted, I wanted to get a 4K Blu-ray player, and it was a good deal. But I've been back in the Xbox realm now for you know year and a half now. But it is it is a must. If you ask me, it is a must-have because. The value alone for $30, you're getting, I mean, just on the campaigns alone, from going back and playing different things, plus a little bit of multiplayer, last summer I put like 80 hours into it. Yeah. For one game, for $30 fucking dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of playtime. I might have to amend my decision, because the longer I've had to think about it, the more I'm coming around to cashing it, just from, from a value standpoint... MCC is a game you should have because you're going to revisit it year after year. It doesn't get old. There's content. That it's, it, it, it's, it, it's a game that, like, if you're a 35-year-old man that has Xbox because you always had Xbox, and a couple of your buddies still have Xbox that live across the country, and then you have a son who's seven years old, mm-hmm. and you want to do something with your son. Gears of War is a little tough for a seven-year-old. Maybe you want to go to Halo and play couch co-op with your son. Whenever you have your, if you're if you're spending time with your son and your son loves the game, tell him to put down Minecraft, tell him to put Fortnite down, and hand him a controller and play through Halo with him. Yeah. And and guess what? Halo One, you hit the select button, you have the updated graphics. So if your kid can't get behind the graphics yeah. that Halo One had to offer. Halo Why 1 and Halo 2 are so blocky, Yeah, they're updated so you can enjoy that with your son. I mean, that's that's an example. <laughs> Lame game pong pong pong. Yeah, like like And I came into this podcast saying that Halo's story has aged like fine wine. It has. And I think it's going to continue to age well. There were some now playing it recently. There are some things that you're like I'm like, "Ah, oh, I remember that being a little bit deeper, but the overall story of it, man, like it's just so. I feel it's so like, emotional. We haven't even talked. We didn't even talk about the music, the soundtrack, the score yeah. of this I mean, game with Marty like, Man. There's oh too much God. to cover, and that's one of my big. That's a, uh, last little sidetrack here. But the, one of the things I think they're doing so well with Infinite is they got the. Oh, they got such a good, good, sound and music and score director. All their music directors have experience on these huge cinematic games, Uncharted. Um, Last of Us. Who else was... What else were they from? Um, a couple of other, like, really big cinematic games that they're coming now to Halo. And you could just tell from, like, when the Marine is trying to start up Chief again. And you hear the different, like, the, the like, almost, like, hope. Yeah, there's a little bit of hope. Like, please don't die. Please don't die. And it builds up. Boom. 
and then it's yeah and And you hear the old you hear the halo 3 shield regen yeah and then you see the hud and it looks like halo 3s come in the background of just like we did it we did like it and 343 fucking threw in the classic bungee uh do you guys remember i love bees the arg before halo 2 or 3 came out Basically, oh, yeah, 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 they had like that whole yeah. online campaign. Yes, you yes, know, they, yes, yes. They threw in a little streak of that in the trailer because there were download codes. Yeah. In his hunt. The five by fives, yeah. yeah. There was download codes and they were all different lengths of Game Pass. So when you activated yeah. those those codes that came up on his HUD, if you froze it and used one of those codes, you got Game Pass for yeah. X amount of time. So that, that's them learning more lessons from their predecessors. Yeah. But I don't I don't wanna stretch this out too long, but I think I might have to. You go cash. I might renege and say he, cash. Because he's going. He's going cash. I mean, he's cashed it. I, I cash that check, baby. This is a game that you should have forever because you're going to be revisiting yeah. it year after year, and uh, like it doesn't make sense to pay for Game Pass if this is what you're gonna right. do it for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, maybe and, maybe keep Game Pass for other reasons, but for, just for MCC cash, Game Pass. Let me let me want to own this game. Let me break this down fr- from a like a. A value standpoint. Halo MCC, all the games are combined. Obviously, you're going to want to cash that. Uh, looking forward to a Gears of War type podcast where all the games are separate. They're all on Game Pass, but they're all separate. You probably just want to pass most of those games, right? right? right. Because they're separate. Right. A game and not like, that they're expensive to go and buy, but out of just ease. Yeah. It's like ease to like, just fire it up and, and just switch. They're all yeah. like 5 gig downloads or whatever outside of 4. Yeah. That's the newest one. But like they're all, you know... Relatively small downloads. Exactly. Download them real quick. Exactly. And there's going to be games on here that are going to be passed. Some of them are going to be cash. And I'm sure there's going to be some of them that are going to be ass. But Halo MCC, to all three of us, and everybody who owns an Xbox, should be a cash. It should be a cash. Unless you are so biased against Halo and you hate it. If you're that type of person, I'm sorry. I don't want (laughs) to hang out with you at the parties. Why don't you enjoy good things? (laughs) Like, I don't want to hang out with you at the party either. And to the last question on the script here about a permanent spot on your hard drive, Mm -hmm. I think I might still have to say it's something I reinstall every once in a while. Which is fine, I have seasons of of Halo revisiting Yeah, you get get that itch that... You've always been that way, though. Yeah. You've always had your f- f- bits where you're really into Halo, and then you've had them where you're like... It's like a fling that comes back. Like, it's that itch that only one thing can scratch. Yeah. And when you want that, that's the one thing that can scratch it. But after a while, it's like, eh, I want to play something else. And I'm the same way. But that game will always... That's the one game, like... I, I, as I said before, I'm mostly a physical media whore still. Yeah. Like, I do, but Game Pass has changed me. Xbox, I am all digital... Besides, I still buy a few, like, if I want to buy a few collector's editions or whatever like that for games. But I'm mostly Game Pass on there. But the one game I do have that's always in my disk drive is MCC. Because that's one game that, like, I want to make sure I owned. Like, all my PS4 games basically are physical, but everything else is, you know. But, with that being said, I think we're going to put a bow on this one. This is a hell of a first episode. We went over two hours. So, check the time and it's, uh, what, are, what are we working with? We're running at two hours and twenty three minutes. Woo! This one might be broken up into two parts. We yeah, might two part. This we one. might have to two part. I may have to, you, we did a really good job at. I didn't want to cut any of this because it was it was very good. I like the long form. I do. I love long form, especially when you it's something we're re- passionate about. You could probably release it twice. You could probably do break it in parts. Do multiplayer look, campaign look, because yeah. we did kind of chunk that up yeah. really well. We'll probably, yeah. but you could release it as a whole thing. We'll too. probably do. I think I'll probably ten or trend towards doing two parts but i think with that let's put a bow on this um so we all said cash it um 
so yeah, go buy MCC. If you own an Xbox One, go buy this goddamn game, man. Yeah. Um, next on the docket, another franchise that we love near and dear in the Xbox ecosystem or, uh, you know, universe, whatever you want to call it. Gears of War. Let's... And we're talking Gears of War, the series in general. The series in general? Yeah. Okay. It's all on Game Pass. Cool. Um, I'm actually just started up. I never beat four. I started that up last night for the first time in a long time. I was like, I need to play through this because five looks fucking great. Um, I'm really excited to touch on five. I know four people were like, eh, it was kind of the same, but it was still good. Yeah. But I like where they're heading with five from what I know about four. So I'm excited to play through that. Um, you know, we'll, that's what the next episode's going to be. We need to get together and just couch co-op it. That would be great. And I think so. that would be great for all of us to kind of have, uh, you know, opinions going in yeah. because me and Adam have recently beat Gears 1 again mm-hmm. and so did um, I I yeah. went through and did the ultimate version of yeah. it yeah we need to play Gears 2 and 3 again but um let's Gears do Gears 2 man let's let's do a brief uh let's do a brief break here in the or go ahead and we'll edit this part out go ahead and do your wrap up I want to do just a brief looking forward like you could just put out like a two minute oh yeah I'll, um, I'll, this like looking forward to, to Gears yeah. Yeah, this will all be edited. So, so all right, we're gonna cut it with that. Um, so Adam, let's start with this. Where can people find you? Social media, Xbox, what's your Xbox Live, uh, Steam, whatever. Where can people find you? Get me on Twitter at uh, ac underscore marshy, and uh, tweet me your opinions about Halo, about games in general. I love all kinds of games. Show me the kind of games that you're playing. Tell me what you're doing. Uh, show me the games that you're making if you're if you're developing games. Yes, that show too. him the games. I'm, I'm way into that as well. I'm kind of a hobbyist developer, so that's uh, a lot of where my perspective comes from. So again, you can get me on Twitter at ac underscore marshy. And Mike, where can people find you? Twitter, uh, Xbox Live, wherever. Plug your shit. Absolutely. So you're gonna find me on Xbox at ll. Toy Soldier LL. I know it's outdated. I've had the tag since <laughs> Halo 2 and Gears of War. Give me a break. It's been like 13 years. Um, on Twitter, it's at Toy Soldier, but the second O is an X. So it's T-O-Y-S-X-L-D-I-E-R is going to be my Twitter. All of that um, will be in descriptions. I will put that all in the descriptions. Yeah. And just like Adam said, I'd just like to echo the sentiment. Just don't feel free to tweet at me and, and tell me, if my opinion is shit on competitive Halo, or if you like my opinion on competitive Halo, or if you go and you watch my clips on Halo and you say, wow, dude, you're sick at this game, or if you say, oh, you suck ass at this game, I don't care. I just want to interact with you guys. Just let me know how you guys yeah, feel this about is, it. Uh, and that's one of my things I've always kind of thought of with these. This should be a platform to Absolutely. start a conversation. Yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not looking to ego anybody and say... I'm really good at Halo. I'm not going to listen to you. You're an idiot. If you give us a lot of uh, comments or questions, maybe we'll do like a f- uh, like a roundup of questions, like a Q and yeah. A session, a Q and A, something like that. And, and each each one of us will give you our opinion on on said question, or you can direct it at Adam. You seem to have you seem to be really into narrative and story driven games. How do you feel about X, Travis? You seem to really like cinematic experiences how do you why feel do about you y suck? <laughs> and then me why you know you're into multiplayer how do you feel about z yeah no definitely or, or offer it up to the whole group right and we'll cover it definitely if there's a comment section wherever you're listening to this reach us there as well yeah and this will be uh all of our episodes starting out soundcloud youtube um it'll all be on there um and then working on going on to all major 
uh, podcasting platforms, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, because your boy is on Android, so I gotta look out for my Android homies now. Um, Spotify, all that jazz, so you can find us on there. You can also find me, Travis. I stream. Mike streams as well. Plug your yeah. stream, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, it's twitch.tv slash MP underscore Toy Soldier. So if you want to see him shit on some kids, <laughs> that's the place to go. Yeah, um, absolutely. Halo streams mostly. Terms of service. Terms of service. Yeah, TOS, TOS, TOS. But oh, and Ninja Gaiden Black speedruns. Yeah, we're getting yeah, back yeah. into that this summer. Yeah. So I'm working on a couple of boss battles. Um, there's some strategies at Ninja Gaiden, and my favorite reason why I love to speedrun Ninja Gaiden is there is little to no glitches. So there is a few glitches you can do in Ninja Gaiden, but it's not game-breaking. So that's why I love it. You still have to play the game. Yeah. So with that, check him out. Um, and My name is Travis White. You can find me at Travelus on almost all social media. Travel, I take that back. At Travelus underscore. There's this one motherfucker. Actually, two motherfuckers. I got a bone to pick with people. The first one on Twitter, at Travelus, hasn't tweeted... Since 2013. He has like three tweets. I want that goddamn tag. Same with my um my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Travelus underscore. I play a lot of Siege. I play a lot of single player games, Let's Plays, things like that. Um, but one motherfucker who has just regular Travis has two followers and one view. God damn it, I want that. I don't want the underscore. I want everything <laughs> the same. I just want at Travelus. Anyways, I'm getting in deep. Xbox Live, that is just regular Travelers. So you can find me on there. Um, with that said, these have been three. Rip Barry. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Barry Hub. We don't talk about him anymore. He gone. <laughs> um, but thank you for joining us. These have been three of your newest friends, and we hope that you enjoyed the conversation with us, and we hope that you will join us again. Next game that we are covering, once again, is Gears of War. So start playing that. Start playing through those games. They're goddamn great. And we... We'll check you on the next episode. Spoiler alert. Gears is going to be definitely a pass. Maybe cash. Just, oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. let everyone know. It's a pass right now. Thanks yeah. for tuning in to Bonus Accessory. Yeah. <laughs> this has yeah. been the Bonus Accessory Game Pass Gamecast, and we will see you next time.